If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The Bizarre, The Unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. It was Kat's turn to venture out into the zombie apocalypse yesterday to to go to the grocery store and procure for us just the essentials. I was really surprised at how many people I saw out and about. I was like, okay, guys, you know, I have to be out. I have to be getting these things. There's no uh, reason that you need those things as much as, you know, you think you need those things. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was feeling a little judgy. Because right now it's about making sure that we're protecting uh, the more vulnerable, et cetera, et cetera. I picked up the coffee and beer that we needed, and yep. I headed right home. Yep, and bags and bags of cookies. I well, yeah. yes, I yeah. did get some cookies. Yeah. Also, you walked through the door. I was already there with, so. with a bag full of elfin goodness. Um, yeah, and also some potato chips. But I needed to be out anyway, uh-huh. so, so it while was you were okay there, sure that I was getting those things. <laughs> I still wasn't able to get any toilet paper. I don't know what is happening. There is, it's a real strange situation. We are um, stockpiling old newspaper at this point and tearing them into strips. You know, that's not true because I'm always looking for newspaper to use for the (laughs) guinea pig's cage. And if we had newspaper right now, I'd be changing our cage right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she comes first. You yeah. can take a shower. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine said, uh, okay, so let me get this straight. We have to stay inside, mm. distance ourselves from people, uh, don't interact with other people directly. He said, this is pretty much my Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I noticed one of my friends w- had posted a meme that was very similar. Like, uh, a government says, don't go outside, don't interact with people. Me, an introvert, I got you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. I think a lot of us can identify with that. A lot of us in the freak community. Anyway, we hope you guys are doing okay. Uh, we're fine. We're looking forward to... Things getting back to some degree of normalcy, which is weird to say when you're a freak. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's true. All in all, though, we are in an excellent position yeah. because neither of us likes to leave the house anyway. And right. it's just starting to become spring here. Mm. So I can like go outside, which I think a lot of people take for granted uh, who don't live in the uh, Arctic Northeast. <laughs> you can go outside all the time. Yeah, you can't in Maine. You can't here. No, 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 no. So that's one little bright spot. It's a giant bright spot. Yeah. I've planted seeds. There is hope. Well, I'm hoping that you have a story for us today. Sleep. What? Sleep. Come again. Sleep. Are you trying to hypnotize me <laughs> to take advantage of me again? So our bodies require long periods of sleep in order to restore our ourselves, our sanity, our bodies, our, our bits and such. Yeah. And, and I will say since this self-imposed isolation, we've been catching up on a lot of sleep. Well, one of us has. I've been, been catching up on a lot of sleep. Yeah. I, I get up at nine. <laughs> I drink a bunch of coffee, do a little research, have some lunch, take a nap, get up, do an episode. It's been pretty much the pattern this pretty week. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I Every night I, I lay my little head on the pillow and I snuggle in and I think, oh, tomorrow's going to be the day. I'm going to sleep in so hard. But inevitably, the dogs will stomp all over me because mm. they want to go outside. And for some reason, you can't let them out in the morning. That's just not something that is possible. Huh. It has to be me. So the, so the dogs get all stompy in the morning, you're saying? Yeah. I wonder why I haven't noticed that. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I get up and I let them out and I feed them and then I make coffee. And usually it's right around the time that the coffee is done that you get up, which yeah. is huh. real interesting. That's weird. I found. That's real. Really weird. Real interesting. Huh. Though this morning I did get like an hour and a half of Stardew Valley in before you even woke up. So, <laughs> so sleep. <laughs> anyway, sleep. Sleep, it's important. And from the perspective of energy conservation, one function of sleep is to replenish brain glycogen levels, which fall during waking hours. In humans, lack of sleep leads to impaired memory, reduced cognitive abilities, and if the deprivation persists, mood swings, even hallucinations. The longest documented period of voluntary sleepless, sleepness. Hmm. Have you gotten enough sleep, lady? Lacely. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to make fun of me, but you failed. <laughs> I, need, I need more rest, too. <laughs> <laughs> the longest documented period of voluntary sleeplessness is, do you want to guess? Do five, you know? five days. 11 days. And, and this, and the person lived? That's right. 264 uh, hours. Well, I read an article about um, some monastic group, uh, some uh, like uh, maybe Tibetan monks or something that they will stay awake for three, four, five days because it induces hallucinations yeah. and well we call them hallucinations they call them visions sure. um, I guess but that borders on uh, temporary psychosis doesn't it uh, right well this kid uh, much like a monk was a Californian teenager named Randy Gardner oh okay and uh, he set the record without using any drugs wow. it's nuts I 11 I days that I have so little interest in hmm. doing that that I 
there's nothing that you there's no yeah, thing that you no, could offer me that no. would make me go yeah that sounds like a great idea i would be interested in doing this zero things what i wonder did he experience you know his what kind of weird crazy vision did he have I don't know much about what went on during his actual sleep deprivation, uh, but I know that he recovered really quickly. And after a few days back in a regular schedule of actually getting sleep, um, they said that he was fine and claimed that no long-term effects had mm-hmm. taken place. Um, they, you know, it. I I can't imagine that. I think that no. you've got to be broken in some way. No, I need a nap every day. Just about, yeah. Yeah, just about. I mean, that's... That's... Yeah. Yeah. It's It's not an exaggeration. 100% true. Yeah. While scientists can't say for certain that every animal sleeps, most creatures in the animal kingdom do, but not all animals sleep in the same way. Now, this is according to sleep.org. For example, one animal may go through different stages of sleep than another. Insects and fish, unlike some birds and all mammals, don't experience rapid eye movement. REM sleep is when most dreams occur. And the number of hours that an animal sleeps can also vary greatly. So cats sleep on average for about 15 hours a day, while rats sleep up to 20 hours a day. Because the smaller the animal is, generally, they have the higher rates of brain metabolism, so they need more sleep to regenerate, uh, while the larger animals generally get less sleep. That's fascinating. How many hours a day do you think Banjo and Willie sleep? I mean, they're sleeping now. They sleep pretty much constantly. I would say they're probably sleeping about 19 to 20 hours a day. (laughs) What a great life they have. When we're home, it's less. That's true. But on days that that you go to work, you know. That's all they do. That's all they do. And they don't seem upset about it. (laughs) Nope. In fact, they will sleep all day. And then when you get home, they're so excited to get on your lap and go to sleep. I know. It's It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So not just the number of hours that animals sleep can vary. The way that they sleep obviously varies quite a bit. Uh, Cows, horses, and giraffes sleep while standing, but they do need to lie down for short stints for REM sleep to take place. Until the 1950s, it was believed that giraffes didn't sleep at all, Uh, but they do, in fact, take power naps standing up in like five-minute increments throughout the day because they live on the savanna. They're out in the open all the time. They're very exposed to predators. They're a big target. That's right. And so they kind of lock their legs. They stretch their neck out real far and then kind of lock it. And then they're just... They just stay real, real still for a little while. They take a, a power nap. They wow. do. That's it's, incredible. Yeah. It's it's pretty cute. They sleep for about 30 minutes a day, and that's, that's that. Wow. Every once in a while, they'll lay down and curve their neck around so that it's kind of, their head's kind of resting on their butt area, and they, they might snooze like that for a bit. Babies sleep like that more than adult giraffes. So according to the National Sleep Foundation, dolphins, as well as other aquatic mammals and some species of birds, have what is called unihemispheric slow-wave sleep. So that is where one half of their brain rests while the other half remains alert. So this is in contrast, obviously, to normal sleep where both 
things shut down and you go into unconsciousness and then you, you just regular old sleep. But in this situation, one half of the brain is in a deep sleep and a form of non-rapid eye movement happens and the eye corresponding to that half is closed where the other eye remains open. Wow. Yeah. Dolphins are, are specifically known to do this, um, and it's thought that that's how they keep moving and uh, migrating when they can't they can't go to sleep sleep. They can't stop doing what they do. It's thought that that's how birds will be able to continue like long flight migrations because part of their brain goes and has oh, a little nippy nap. I wondered about that. And the other half it just keeps on doing what they got to do. Because there are birds that fly from island to island yeah. across the, the frickin' Atlantic. And I imagine the Pacific too. But uh, they're airborne for days at a time. Yeah. And I often wondered that. How, how do they get any rest? Half their brain snoozes. I had a friend uh, years ago. He's actually a roommate of mine. His name was Mitch. Mitch had a very unsettling habit of uh, falling asleep with his eyes open. Oh wow! Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you know, we'd be we'd be at the at the house, maybe watching something on TV, and I'd you know in the room I'd I'd hear him snoring or whatever, and I'd come back out, and he'd be like sitting on the couch, just sitting upright. He'd have like a beer in his hand, still looking at the TV, eyes wide open, sound asleep. Wow. I could walk in front of him, wave my hands, I could snap my fingers, and he, he would, it was weird. That is weird. My dad, and I think we've talked about this, he worked shift work at the mill. So he got very good at training himself to go to sleep when he needed to sleep. Mm -hmm. So that way he was sure that he was getting enough sleep. He had this method where he would settle in, like he'd get comfortable the way he wanted to be positioned when he was sleeping. Right. And then he would take 12 deep breaths. And on the 12 deep breath, he'd be asleep. What? He was nuts. And he trained himself to he do this. He trained himself to do it. I didn't know that was possible. I did not either. That's crazy. But he would be in such a deep sleep that it was almost impossible to wake him, which was actually kind of creepy and all, very dangerous for my cousin one time um, who came running into the room and jumped on him while oh, he no. was sleeping in a recliner. <laughs> and so my dad woke up, uh, you know, in a start, as you would when mm -hmm. a small person leaps on you. Yeah. And then uh, heaved him against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like oh, no. snore, snore, <laughs> yeet. It's like the time the cat jumped on my nuts after my vasectomy. Oh. That woke me out of a deep, deep sleep. <laughs> not me. I didn't do it. No, no, not cat. <laughs> a cat we had. Uh, shitty prance a lot. Yeah, yeah, she was a good girl. She was a good girl, a bit heavy. Um, yes, especially when she's leaping from one corner of the bed onto my nuts. <laughs> so anyway, deer, Grandview Outdoors reports that because deer are at their most vulnerable when they sleep, they tend to sleep anywhere from less than five to ten minutes at a time. Hmm. They experience what's called like a cyclical routine of dozing and then snapping to attention. And then they'll move a little bit. And then kind of doze a little bit. And then they'll, you know, follow their group wherever they're going. But they, they'll just snooze for like five minutes. That's it. That's all they need. Yep. Evolution is incredible. It really is. And then you, I can't help but think like, don't you want to just like 
snuggle up and have a real sleep. Like, how sad is that? I want to, I want to protect you, and yeah. so you can have a snooze. You, you know, if it were up to you, your bed would be filled with baby deer. I, I hope my niece Casey isn't listening to what, this because she would lose her goddamn mind. Because <laughs> she hates deer. Yeah, hates them. Did she have a bad um, interaction? With she a, thinks they're assholes. She thinks deers are assholes. That's an awfully broad statement, Casey. All deer are assholes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you would invite any type of animal into your bed with you, regardless of the danger level. We were we were at Animal Kingdom at uh, Disney. Uh, they let me feed the birds. They did. It was a couple of months ago, and we're taking the uh, the safari ride, and we're we're coming up on these big, huge, vicious looking lions. And Cat instinctively goes <laughs> like she was just going to call the lion over to us and I pet like it. <laughs> Sweetie, you can't pet everything. I know. It's funny because I, I noticed when we were there, so I don't notice the things that I do all the time, uh, but I'll notice the things that you do in mm-hmm. response to me. Uh-huh. And so I noticed that like 19,000 times during our trip to Animal Kingdom, you were saying, I know, sweetie, I know you do. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I would be like, oh, look at the warthog. I love I him. Love him. <laughs> I know. I know you do. I know, I know, sweetie. I know. You have such a tender heart <laughs> that probably some carnivorous feline will eat from your chest if you go. I know, sweetie. <laughs> anyway, African elephants. Scientists who analyzed two Botswana elephant sleep patterns via a fitness tracker that was placed under their trunks found that compared to the ones that you find in zoos, these guys only experience REM sleep every three to four days, and they might sleep two hours a night, if at all. Wow. So they're a great example of the bigger you are, the less sleep that you Hmm. need because your metabolism kind of... Sure. Sure. And speaking of biggins, sperm whales, they only sleep for about 7% of their day. That makes them, according to this uh, study that was cited at curiosity.com, the least sleep-dependent mammals that there are. And when sperm whales sleep, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's really, really neat. They um, sleep vertically. So what? Really? They, wow. Yeah. So they're all together in their pod, and usually they decide to snooze together. So they'll all get vertical so that their mouths are facing the top of the water. What's it called? The surface. The surface. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and their tails are, are facing the bottom. And... Let's get vertical, vertical. vertical. And uh, that's how they sleep. Not not for very long, of course, yeah. uh, but they... Whoop. Now, you said 7%. Is that all at once or is it spaced out? Is it a series of uh, whale naps as yes. opposed to cat naps? It's, it is. It's it's whale napping. Okay. Vertical whale napping. Right. Ooh, that's a great band name. Vertical whale napping. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, animals sleep very little sometimes. That's what I have. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I do find it interesting that uh, you said research shows that uh, the larger an animal is, the less sleep it needs. Mm-hmm. Because I sleep all the time. 
And I'm not exactly rail-like. Yeah, but you're comparing you to other humans. Right. But if you compare you to other mammals, you're quite small. All right. Okay. So what you're saying is I'm not as fat as a sperm whale. That's right. Thank you. I love you. I love you. And now, that thing in the middle. Five examples of what celebrities did for work before they were celebrities. Interesting. Number five, Cindy Crawford, corn shucker. (laughs) Cindy Crawford, one of the world's most iconic supermodels, uh, used to shuck corn for about $4 an hour. Number four, Nicki Minaj was a red lobster waitress. I've never been to a red lobster. Oh, you'd love the cheddar rolls. Number three, Brad Pitt, chicken costume wearer. What? Brad Pitt worked at an El Pollo Loco where he had to stand outside in a chicken costume and wave at would-be customers. El Pollo Loco. I remember that when I lived in Arizona. The crazy chicken. Yeah. Number two, Beyonce, salon floor sweeper. You know, the person that sweeps up all your hair? Yeah. After you've been shaven clean? That was Beyonce at one point. She said she uh, worked in her mother's salon. I helped sweep hair off the floor for tips to pay for my season pass to Six Flags. That's awesome. And number one, Eva Mendez was a hot dog on a stick employee. Ouch. She used to work Oh, she wasn't the mascot. No. Oh, because that sounds painful. She used to work at a mall in Glendale where she sold hot dogs on a stick. Glendale, California? Correct. No kidding. That's where the curator lives, the voice of the box of oddities. Yeah. I wonder if Eva Mendez ever sold him a hot dog on a stick. We'll have to ask. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame and since i can't be there to experience it with her it's the next best thing and speaking of mothers if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life aura frames are beautiful wi-fi connected digital picture frames it allows you to share and display unlimited photos it's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the aura app And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura frames, and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A frames.com and use code oddities at checkout. And you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, If you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. 
Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Life may be like a box of chocolates, but this is the box of oddities. Somebody posted this on uh, one of our social media pages. Uh, Jethro talked on the latest episode, at the time it was episode 205, about how streetlights dim when cat walks under them. Mm, true it, story. It's a true story. And, and it's always been, was it like that when you were a kid? I don't know. I mean, we've known each other for 12 years and it's been like that ever since I've known you. Mm. All right. Well, Alexina Kateri said, my grandma, born in 1918, would make streetlights go out when she walked under them too. Hey. Also, she could never wear a wristwatch because the battery would immediately die. Have <gasps> you ever had that issue? My smartwatch. Really? Yeah. It It dies? It yeah. All the time. It won't stay charged for more than a couple of hours. And that's pretty much the only watch that you've worn for years, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. What about before that? Any other watches that you had? That, I can't. I never really wore watches. The only one that I ever wore was one that you gave me and and that died. That did die, yeah. Interesting. Whoops, I never really thought about it. She goes on to say she had been a TB nurse way back in the day when she was 16 or 17 years old till the day she died just three years ago. She <sighs> tested positive for TB way back then, but never showed a symptom or was contagious. Wow. I wonder if that's connected. That's interesting. Maybe having a sparkling magnetic personality can uh, can prevent you from getting TB. I think that's very dangerous information that Ooh. that we should not be spreading. Yeah, not in these times. That's true. Please ignore everything I just said. <laughs> 
So in this crazy time that we live in, um, I thought I would take this opportunity to answer some of, well, the world's most important questions Mm -hmm. that have plagued mankind since the dawn of creation. Sure. Um, We're going to start with this one. Why can't you get hot dogs at McDonald's? Oh, uh, um, okay. Well, hot dogs are an institution in America, in the U.S. Okay. I mean, what's and more? And hamburgers and hot dogs. Sure. Okay, I can yeah. see how. Right. It's never occurred to me. What, really? That you should be able to get hot dogs. Because the first at time, the first time I went to McDonald's, I was six years old, <laughs> and I ordered a hot dog. Oh wow! Oh, they laughed me right out of the establishment. Well, idiot! Did you not read the menu? Well, it was new at the time. <laughs> McDonald's had just come out, and they didn't have a menu. I was in the car. My dad went in to get it for me. Annie Hoozle, um... Hot dogs in the you U.S. You know, I don't think you're an idiot, right? You were six. That's why I, I said know, you were an idiot. I know. I understand. It was... No, I get it. The, okay. We're, we're cool. Okay. Can't believe you called a six-year-old little boy an idiot. So anyway, it's weird here in the U.S. because what's more American than hot dogs? Racism. Burger King, by the way, used to sell hot dogs. Oh, did you know that? No. Um, not long ago, in fact. Cheeseburger hot dogs? No, not cheeseburger hot dogs. Just hot dogs. It didn't last too long. They have appeared on on McDonald's menus in foreign locations. Okay. Interestingly enough, locations around the globe, but uh, here in the US, they were only available, they were available at McDonald's. Okay. But only for a very short period in uh, I believe it was the 1990s. Oh, really? Yeah, in the 1990s, okay. McDonald's had hot dogs for, in the US for a brief period of time. If I, I was going to guess a decade that had hot dogs, I would have said the 70s. 70s. Why? Because that's what I would have said, but I'm not, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway, why don't they have hot dogs at McDonald's? I thought you'd never ask. Uh, if you asked Ray Kroc. Who's that? He was the guy, he was the former owner. Uh, he's the one that uh, bought the rights from the McDonald brothers and franchised McDonald's and became like okay. the Lord King God of franchise hamburger chains. Got it. He said when he was alive um, that there was a, quote, damned good reason for no hot dogs on the menu. <laughs> I, I love that you felt the need to qualify. He said this when he was alive. Right. <laughs> quote, there's no telling what's inside a hot dog skin. And our standard of quality just won't permit that kind of menu item. Oh, wow. I like that. But consider that there's a lot of things on the menu that could hide other things. <laughs> Outside of burger places, there is obviously a notice- noticeable lack of hot dogs as well at fast food restaurants. Nathan's is an exception. Of course, Nathan's famous hot dogs. But there are only 300 stores nationwide compared to uh, McDonald's, which has around 14,000 locations nationwide. I didn't even know Nathan's was like a restaurant. Yeah. I just thought Nathan's made hot dogs. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a franchise, oh, I wow. guess. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. Here in the U.S., there's also Wiener Schnitzel. Have you ever been to a Wiener Schnitzel? No. Yeah. It was founded in 1961 as Der Wiener Schnitzel. They had them in Tucson when I lived there. They may still. It used to be on uh, Broadway, like Broadway and Alvernon area, for those of you who live in the old Pueblo. Were the owners German? No, he wasn't German. He was from California. Oh. Wiener Schnitzel specializes in hot dogs. They are called the world's largest, they call themselves anyway, the world's largest hot dog chain. They have locations in California, Texas, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, uh, Louisiana, New Mexico, Nevada, Utah, Washington, 
and Guam. And from what I understand, they have recently branched out into Panama. Um, the chain is recognizable by their A-frame style roof of its older restaurants. Kind of like the old Tasty Freeze or IHOP restaurants. They they had like the A-frame. Well, Wiener Schnitzel, I mean, that's that's like, it's not German. Well, I think it's German. Is it German? I think. Okay. So does it replicate like a German looking building? Uh, not really. I think it was just cheaper to build an A-frame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. They're, the the uh, Wiener Schnitzel mascot, by the way, is a talking hot dog known as the delicious one um, who runs from people who want to eat him. Well, yeah, as you should. But those are exceptions. There just aren't many fast food hot dog joints. <laughs> what is the explanation for this? One suggestion is that since hot dogs are a huge choking hazard for young ch children, the big chains are worried that they will kill off their customer base. Sure, fair enough. Quicker fair than enough. maybe their regular food would. Um, I can't get over the idea... <laughs> Of a mascot who's like terrified of the guests. Yeah. Like, like, Big giant. He's like out in front of the building and someone yeah. pulls in and he just bolts like arms in the air. <laughs> and then maybe uh, diners are sitting in the restaurant and you can just see him like cowering in the yeah. corner, kind of poking out from behind a fern. Like, oh. An anthropomorphized wiener yeah. with an inferiority complex. Yeah. And calling it the delicious one. It's <laughs> okay. Couldn't they come up with a name for him like Sparky? You know, I don't know. Now, along with it being a choking hazard, there are a lot of differences in how hot dogs are preferred here in the U.S. You go to different regions and there are different ways. Chicago dogs, they have a certain way of making it in Chicago. New York, of course, Nathan's, they have a certain way of making them there. And so there is no consistency in how hot dogs are made, uh, the type of buns that are supposed to be used. We know all about this being from Maine. Right. Our state hot dog is, is red. red. And uh, like my, I have family who lives out of state and we have to send them red hot dogs right. because that to them is what a hot dog is. And we don't use hot dog buns. We have New England style hot dog rolls that you can grill the sides of. They, they don't have the crust on the sides. You can butter them and grill the, you know, right. New England style. So yeah, I get that. So you really don't know what you're going to get for a hot dog from where you go one part of the country sure. to the other. But a Big Mac is a Big Mac wherever you go, so... Well, that makes perfect sense. The first rule of a franchise is that everything be consistent. Right. And so yeah. if you go to a place uh, that you're unfamiliar with and you order a hot dog and you get this red snappy thing, you're mm -hmm. going to be like, legitimately, what the fuck is this? Right, exactly. And we're going to be all like, oh, it's a hot dog. You're going to like it. You're going to like it, hot real, dog. Real good. Put it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth right now. Put it in your mouth. Let me rub it on your face put first. Put it in your mouth. Then put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. The next question that I'm going to answer for you. Oh, your whole topic isn't just about hot. No, no. I've got I've got a few here. Okay. Why don't doctors come to your house anymore? Because people are disgusting. Well, that's true. But Amazon comes to your house all the time. In the age of Amazon, you can pretty much have anything delivered to your door. You know, there's also all kinds of food delivery services. Right. Like one of our sponsors, HelloFresh. That's not a human person who has to come into your gross house, though. But why don't, why aren't you able to get medical care? Right. Well, let me, let me tell you what happened. In the 30s, 40% of time that doctors, 40% of the time that doctors saw patients, it was at their house. Mm -hmm. They went there 
40% of the time. It was a common occurrence. By 1980, that dropped down to just 1%. So what happened over that 50-year period? World War II. Yes, that's a good part of it. Absolutely. But the main reason why doctors stopped coming to people's houses was because the insurance companies didn't want them to. Oh. You see, they didn't make as much money going to the house. So, because, you know, there's fewer opportunities for them to treat people. It takes more time. Travel mean, meant fewer patients. And so they would charge more for a house call. But the insurance company demanded to know why this patient couldn't get off their butts and go to the doctor's office on their own. So they stopped covering house calls. Oh, wow. Thanks, insurance companies. Yeah. I mean, this is a system, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. So there really aren't you know, any doctors that make house calls anymore, but technology is catching up with things. There are a few services right now, which lets you get an examination over a, a video call like Skype or FaceTime or whatever. Sure. So that's, that's good news. Yeah. But you can't smell someone over a video, which I've been very grateful for from time <laughs> to time. But I think that uh, you've got to be able to really get a sense of the whole situation before you make a diagnosis. It's dangerous, I think. Mm. Also, I think that encouraging house calls is a wonderful thing uh, because, one, you don't want sickies making their way out. Two, often people who need assistance are elderly mm. or babies. Right. And you don't want to have to take them into a place where a bunch of sick people are going. That seems silly, right? Let's have all the vulnerable go to the place where the sick people are. Right, 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 right. You right know. Yeah. No, those are good points. And um, apparently some people are listening because there is a new business model that's starting to spring up where... Um, not doctors, but uh, like uh, physicians, assistants. Triage nurses? <laughs> not, not necessarily triage, but maybe RNs. We'll make house calls. That's great. For people who really need that type of assistance. Good, because it should be about care and not about insurance companies getting their money. Here, here. The next age-old question that has plagued mankind since the dawn of creation that I am going to answer for you right now, why are there no B-cell batteries? There's A's, there's A, double A's, triple A's, there's C's, there are D batteries. Why are there no B batteries? Comedian Dimitri Martin said he thought that was because people sounded like they stuttered when they were asking for them. <laughs> 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 but right, fair enough. But according to Mental Floss back in the 20s, a battery naming system was established that incorporated the ABCs, or at least some of them. The bigger the battery was, the larger it was, the higher the letter assigned to it. Um, that worked great until smaller electronics uh, became available mm. and the demand of smaller batteries uh, increased. Double A AA and triple A batteries were the perfect size for these newer electronics, and C and D batteries remained popular for larger items that required a longer battery life or pulled up a, a higher charge that would have drained the smaller batteries quicker. I.e., your boombox. The B battery was kind of uh, the victim of the middle child syndrome. Uh, single A batteries haven't done too well either. You can find some single A batteries in older laptop models. Good luck on your search for those, though. These A and B batteries shouldn't be confused with uh, the now obsolete A, B, and C batteries used in old vacuum tubes that were um, 
given the same names as existing batteries for some reason. And that, that doesn't make silly. any sense. B batteries somehow lingered in the U.S. until the year 2001. I, I don't remember ever seeing a B battery. Nope. Uh, when they were officially discontinued at that time, some European countries uh, still have them around, mostly for lamps and uh, and lanterns. Interesting. I'm Googling it now. Okay. Supermarkets, of course, sell both chicken eggs and chicken carcasses. But when it comes to turkeys, they just sell the carcass, never the eggs. Why is that? I have a guess. Katrina Walls. Um, is it because chickens are enormous? I mean, turkey. Is it because turkeys are enormous and it doesn't make any sense to house them for their eggs? That is a that is one of the of the many reasons. Yes, they are much larger and you can't get as many in a confined space. Right. It's harder to jam them <clears throat> into a very, very tight space. Right. And turkeys don't start laying eggs until they're seven months old, which is an eternity in factory farm time. Oh. Uh, I didn't know that. Chickens start laying about five months old and roughly lay about an egg a day. Turkeys more like um, two a week if you're lucky. Would you be able to tell the difference between a chicken and a turkey egg? That I don't know. I imagine you could. I'm going to Google it. Okay. <laughs> it turns out turkeys are also extremely territorial and very protective of their, of their eggs and can be very aggressive. Yeah. People say that turkey eggs taste exactly like chicken eggs. So why take up more space for less productivity and then get your eyes clawed out by something that looks like it would be chasing Jeff Goldblum through a laboratory when you can just sell chicken eggs? Okay. I found a image of chicken versus turkey versus duck. Those are very similar. But turkey egg's the prettiest one. It is. It's, it's speckled. Kind of spotty. Kind of speckled like it's a cute. sparrow's egg. Also, I think it's kind of endearing that they are so protective of their eggs, right? Isn't yeah. that what we we like to think of ourselves as being very protective of our our babes? Yeah, I would, I, such? Would, I would say yes. I think it's sweet. So there you go. I've answered some of life's most daunting questions on today's podcast. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that thoroughly. Thank you. Sorry, we're going a little stir crazy here. I hope you guys are doing well. We uh, we think of you guys a lot. We've been on social media a lot, uh, kind of tracking the conversations. I really appreciate how positive people are yeah. on our groups and pages during this time. And there's very little um, fuckery. Yeah, there was a little the other day, I'm going to say. Uh, Sam, who we love and adore, shut that shit down. Sam the admin. Man. Yeah, he shut it down. I dig it. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see how things go. Maybe we'll we'll throw out another bonus episode this week. No promises. Yeah, you can't say maybe we will and then us not do it. Okay. So either we're committing to it or we cut that part out. I'm going to cut that part out then. Okay. Oops, I forgot to cut it out. Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freaks. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you. Provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. 
Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.